das Photonstudio, der Osram Podcast. Imagine this. You ride your bike to work. Before you get on your bike, you put on your gloves, your helmet, and a pair of glasses that look like regular glasses. Sporting cool, but can do much more than protect you from the wind and sun. The glasses project a variety of information onto the inside surface of the lenses, such as the route for your commute, the subject on the first lines of your mailbox, or the weather forecast for the next few days. When you arrive at the office, you see the reminder that your meeting is about to start in 15 minutes, and you see the agenda for your meeting. To some, it may sound like science fiction, with all the cool gadgets we've seen in the movies. For my guest today in the Photon Studio, it's something that will hit the mass market in two or three years and may soon replace the smartphone as our number one gadget. My guest today is Carl Ehe, Director of Product Marketing for Augmented and Virtual Reality Applications at our business unit Opto Semiconductors in Sunnyvale. And we talk about AR glasses, Osram's role here, development challenges and mass market availability. Carl, I'm so glad you took the time to join us virtually over several thousand miles. Welcome to the Photon Studio. Yeah, sure. So, hi everybody. My name is Carl. I work for Osram Opto Semiconductors. And for over 100 odd years, we've been making light sources. I started off with light bulbs, and now uh, the daily work I do is I work with companies to solve the, the issue of light sources for AR and VR glasses. Uh, VR glasses is a virtual reality. You've seen the, you know, the Oculus Quest, this type of stuff. This is where you uh, literally put your head into an immersive uh, scene, and because it's a, a literally a square box stuck on your head, it is uh, the the lighting source is not a huge issue because with this box you essentially block out the sun. Now, when you go to AR or augmented reality, this is where we superimpose images or information on the pair of glasses as you're also interacting with the real world. So this is a information type device. And when this happens, you're also, as a, as a technology player, you're also fighting against the sun because the sun is you know, the biggest light bulb on the planet and essentially drowns out everything else. So my day-to-day -day activities is working with uh, some of the big players and some of the startup players, trying to figure out to get the best display technology that looks good, so people will actually want to put this uh, AR glasses on their head. B will last all day, so it's all about power and uh, you know, if it, there's no point if it doesn't work after an hour, you sort of put it in your uh, put it in your bag and forget about it. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is get a technology uh, using uh, light sources to uh, enable the display to be so cool and so, uh, if you want to call it aspirational, that you'll want to leave your cell phone in your pocket and use this uh, AR display technology as your main purpose for interacting with the AR world and the real world at the same time. Do we prioritize here when it comes to innovation power of awesome? So do we say, okay, uh, we innovate more within the AR field or VR is also important for us. So, um, yeah. So that's actually, that's a very good question. So a lot of VR work has already taken place and essentially it's easier because it's an enclosed uh, space. What's happening is uh, the biggest problem with uh, any type of uh, light source is you have to fight against the sun. 
and with a virtual reality uh, system, it's in a closed system, so there is uh, no sun, uh, no uh, world's biggest light bulb that you have to fight against. So because of that, the actual um, light sources and, and the projection systems are are well developed, and uh, you know a lot of the new innovations are really talking about interaction using infrared and uh, a laser. Uh, the infrared space for for 3D tracking, eye tracking, foveated rending, all these these buzzwords. So it's not really much uh, about the display itself. Now, when you go over to augmented reality, it's it's quite difficult because uh, you are in the outdoor space, the indoor space. I mean, we all know these uh, these goggles for VR, but you you've seen the uh, teenagers wear them in their bedrooms playing games and stuff, but you never see yeah, them out yeah. on the street. AR glasses are designed and will be uh, an essential replacement of a phone. And today you never leave your house without your phone. You might leave your shoes behind, but you will always have your car keys and your wallet and your phone. It's sort of a given that your phone travels with you everywhere. So AR glasses will be replacing or first initially accompanying the phone. Um, so the idea is they have to work outdoors. And because you're fighting against the sun, this is where, and this is why a lot of the technology has to be developed and is still in its infancy. That's why you don't see everybody wearing AR glasses today, because this is a challenge we're overcoming. And this is something that, again, uh, through the uh, Lambertian and coherent light sources that Osram has. In other words, we have LEDs, all different types, and we have a bunch of different types of lasers. Through our technologies uh, we're enabling the display of uh, the, the display of the future for uh, AR glasses so we will be able to have a pair of stylish and cool looking glasses that also give you the same experience that you get from your cell phone today so but again for me to understand so in the VR Google's and I mean or in VR helmet you uh, sell some um, I think uh, brands or some types or, or models the oculus uh, rift or go you mentioned we uh, had it also, or we still have it in the office and uh, worked with that for some projects. So uh, there we have those displays and that's all about actually a high resolution displays with LED inside. So there is no laser projection, right? Did I get it right? You did. There's no need for lasers inside. Yeah. yeah, but what we need for VR a helmet on the only application is that we need the yeah, positioning system um, inside the room. So we need to um, communicate with the helmet. So we say, okay, I'll turn left or right, turn right. I move yes. my head downwards and, and so on and so forth. So this is like some kind of a different um, yeah, application uh, we have there with infrared sensors, which and this I don't is know. where this is where Osram is, is quite uh, um, showing some leadership also. Because once you put this uh, virtual reality uh, goggles, if you call them, on your head, uh, the goggles uh, need to talk to the computer and also need to see where they are in relation to the room that they're in and also need to understand where your hands are and your head is. So there's a lot of position movement. So yeah. if you use a three-dimensional scanning and you also use a time-of-flight sensors or a basic glider, they call it. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Osram uh, does the light sources uh, and the emission sources for all of those types of sensors. Concerning VR, I understood how it works with all the uh, systems and applications you need with infrared and positioning. Okay, but about augmented reality. So how does this exactly work? So what do we have inside the goggles or the glasses? You mentioned lasers. So what is so, in there? 
so what we're trying to do is we're trying to replicate your experience with your cell phone, which is basically information exchange. But with a cell phone today, it, it's not intuitive. If you're walking down the street, you have to have your hands up and your head down to, to read on the screen. And what happens most of the times you walk into poles and things like this. It's not uh, yeah, right. intuitive with the environment. Now, if we were yeah. able to give you the same information and put the screen on a pair of glasses as you're walking down the street, as the text comes in, it doesn't buzz in your pocket. So your hands are down and your head is up. And this is uh, intuitive. This is how you live. Yeah. So to do that, we need to figure out a display that sits in your glasses, but doesn't impede your, your view of how you see the world. So that's where we call it augmented reality, because it is, it is normal reality, but in some instances, you will see a flash, a little, uh, you know, a Twitter uh, line or I'm late for dinner text and things like this. You're not going to sit there and watch a movie type of scenario because it's augmented. You're still seeing the, the world around. So what Osram is trying to do right now is to come up with a, a fantastic uh, display light source that is small enough and is efficient enough to two things. One, look cool that you would actually want to wear it. And number two is it lasts all day like, like cell phones do today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is what uh, we're doing. We started off with uh, LEDs and we're a world leader in that. And you can see that in the enterprise uh, pairs of glasses you see today. They, they work, but they're sort of be honest, they're sort of ugly, very functional, but ugly. So what we're trying to do now is we're using our uh, lasers to get even smaller light sources and also playing with the, the what's called the epitaxy and the wafer uh, physics to make yeah. them even more efficient. If they're more efficient, they use less battery. So the battery size uh, can be smaller and we get to a pair of uh, AR glasses that you would actually want to put on your face. So, so this is what Osram is doing today with these light sources. Okay, Carl, but for my understanding, well, and for my perspective um, as a tech fan, actually it's not a, yeah, I can't, I can't say it's a rocket science to develop a smart glasses that would be able to provide additional information. Like you said, okay, Twitter line or SMS line, maybe some weather forecast, simple navigation. I just imagine, okay, I, I'm a, a big um, cycling fan. So I ride a bicycle, I have my navigation system and on the, on the surface, on the inner surface of my uh, glasses, I see, okay, turn right, turn left, uh, stop here and whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we now are in 2021. Why we still don't have this kind of gadget in our daily life? What are the biggest challenges here from your point of view? The biggest challenges uh, these days is we work in the outdoor environment. And as I mentioned before, the biggest light bulb on the planet is the sun. And if your glasses do not work, exactly as you perceive them to be, you will not use them after two or three missed attempts. I give you a scenario. Uh, you walk outside a restaurant, you turn on your phone, you're facing the sun, and all of a sudden you yeah. cannot read the you cannot read the screen. It's completely washed out. Yeah. So because yeah. of that, uh, what we have to do is we have to, in the glasses, we have to increase the power. Yeah. 
And by increasing the power, we have to increase the battery size. But then it's the point where the glasses are too ugly that you don't want to see them or wear them. And uh, the problem we had is in 2013 when the Google Glass scenario started, it was a, a total bust. And uh, you know there was a lot of different uh, names and people were looking like cyborgs, etc. So it's not only a technology play. Uh, technology is pretty much there, but it's technology married with this innovation slash industrial design it's got to look good as well as perform good so technically we're there in terms of performance in terms of industrial design we still have a ways to go so it's not just a you know how many bits or bytes you get are the brightest it's more how can we compromise the system that all of the elements are taken care of Sure, we have the best uh, lasers today, but they're too big for a slim profile that you don't even see that they exist in the standard pair of glasses. And that's currently what we're working on right now with some of the big players. What is exactly the contribution of Osram here in the development of smart or augmented reality glasses? So we provide the best lasers for this projection, laser modules, or what, what exactly do we do there? So what 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 has happened is we've looked at uh, two things, and um, as a, as a photonics laser light source and uh, LED light source company, we're trying to solve two issues. One is size, and one is efficiency. So the current lasers today in the in the marketplace are in what's called TO cans, which are metal you know, transistor outline cans. That's what they're called yeah. from the mm -hmm. 70s or 80s. And to to make white light, you need red, green, and blue essentially. And uh, using uh, mirrors and MEMS technology, you can paint pixels and do really cool things: retina scan or waveguides, blah blah blah. What Osram has done is they've taken the red, green, blue chips and uh, integrated them all into a single package. So what would take you, let's just call it uh, 100 cubic centimeters a year ago, now only takes you 17 cubic centimeters. So we've re drastically reduced uh, over 80% of the physical size to get the same light beams and the light source out of an Osram package. So this is the technology we'll be introducing in, in the late 2021. And I have been working with some of the lead customers to get the size down to where people will actually want to buy this type of uh, AR glasses. At the same time, we have to help reduce the overall size. And one of the big problems uh, with the glasses when you're fighting against the, you know, the sun is you have to make them very powerful and hence you need a lot of power from a battery. So there's no point in having a pair of cool glasses, but you have to carry a car battery around with you. So the idea <laughs> yeah. is if we, uh, besides making our lasers super small, if we also make them super efficient, what's called the wall plug efficiency or the electrical to optical conversion, if we increase the rate of that dramatically and also lower the operating voltages and currents and all that stuff, then you can get a really small battery that lasts all day. So this is the two things that Osram is contributing to this overall AOR glass, um, you know, the next revolution, if you want to call it. Okay. Well, Carl, but you said that in the beginning of our uh, talk, you said that, okay, the the um, so-called end game or uh, um, uh, final idea is that, okay, uh, you can leave your phone at home and just walk out with your uh, cool smart glasses and uh, just, have phone call with that, uh, go into internet, have a voice command, as far as I understood, mm -hmm. those kind of uh, um, developments. But 
I mean, a normal uh, smartphone right today has a, a battery um, around about 3,000, 4,000 milliampere hour. Uh, and the size of the battery is actually huge. So do you expect to have to, to do you expect the glasses to have the same um, capacity of the battery or how should should it work in the end so we see the initial market and the the AR glasses as being a companion device to your phone mm -hmm. so if you if you do a, a time and motion study and what is it don't quote me but i think you look at your phone 87 times a day if you're an over yeah. 35 and i think yeah, 185 if you're under oh, yeah. 20s 29 or something yeah mm -hmm. so uh what what you can do is also and this is where the uh, software guys are doing some cool stuff where they can do predictive analysis and uh, artificial intelligence to really um send signals uh, from the phone to your glasses for there's urgent messages and there's things that don't need to um, you know really distract from what you're doing and this is where we will see the AR glasses initially coming out into the market as a companion device. So you will have the big brains computer um, cell phone sitting in your pocket, but you don't have to take it out 87 times a day. And as we see more and more uh, technology advances on the batteries and also in you know the use cases, because you have to remember there's a lot of uh, uh, processing that gets done on your phone. Well, as technology with 5G gets deployed and a lot of stuff is uh, sitting in the cloud there is a lot of back and forth where you won't have to do most of the processing on your phone it'll be done elsewhere and just the results will be beamed uh, you know, wirelessly into your glasses this isn't happening today but it will be in the future and you see companies like qualcomm with their xr1 mm -hmm. and their xr2 platforms they're already looking ahead for this so today they have um, you know the, an ecosystem and it's very similar to our um, partnerships with uh, Displex and um, ST with this uh, laser consortium. They're trying to get this um, ecosystem into the marketplace, knowing that the end game will be a, a pair of glasses with every function in it. But it's not realistic, like you said, to have that today. So we'll start off as a companion device, but eventually we will get to where AR glasses will be the only device that you need. Okay, Carl, and from your perspective, what would be the, the biggest benefits? Okay, somehow we talked about it already, but maybe once again, but at the same time, maybe obstacles for smart glasses to come to the mass market. So um, think of maybe first movers who can benefit the most uh, from introduction of uh, such companion devices. Doctors, school teachers, industry workers, sportsmen that need, uh, I don't know, um, special information for their trainings, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so uh, we, we've already started seeing the deployment of this, uh, what we call the enterprise grade. So the enterprise grade, you've seen uh, some sort of AMR, which is mixed reality and also a lot of uh, AR. You see some uh, good players in the, you know, making really good use of technology. You can see on the internet, I think uh, Microsoft, uh, Vizix, these types of guys are rocket in Asia doing some fantastic things. Yeah, uh, Even, you know, from using uh, heat scanners for elevated temperatures of uh, people with COVID, this type of thing, all the way through to uh, surgeries and hospitals. And they're, they're, they're really using the existing technology to give the information in you know exactly when it's needed meanwhile the the technician the surgeon the the expert has their hands free 
and sometimes uh, some of these systems have cameras in them to where a remote assistant can also you know look at the job site and and help in diagnostics even overlays of schematics this type of thing so there's a real benefit today in in that type of scenario and as that moves further down the line i think you saw um, lenovo at ces produced a pair of ar glasses that um, yeah. for people working at home can now have five virtual screens as opposed to going to buy five various uh, screens. That's a yeah. lot of real estate in your home office, but by putting on a pair of tethered glasses, you can have the five virtual screens. So we're seeing a lot of uh, benefits by using this information when you need it and where you need it. Um, last question from my uh, side is um, in three weeks, if I'm not mistaken, we have uh, Photonics West, uh, this time a total digital forum where the world's, um, yeah, specialists and uh, influencers and um, engineers and uh, business developers in areas of uh, lasers, biomedical optics and optoelectronics, they come together and talk about the latest developments and uh, the markets and the products there. The question is, uh, can we meet you there or uh, what is what we can we expect from you, from your team, from your department for Photonics West 2021? Yeah, so 2021, as you say, all digital. Normally, it was really cool to go to San Francisco to do the in-person meetings. Unfortunately, not happening this year. But from Alzheimer's side, that's not actually slowing us down. Our Marcom uh, department has been really, really busy. They're producing a video just to, how would I say, show and tell of the technologies and you know the portfolios we have today and what's coming. So that's on the digital side. Also, as part of the, the LASER consortium, this has really been spearheaded by our colleagues at ST, and we're very, very fortunate to be working with them and the likes of Displex and some other partners. At the uh, ARMR um, exhibit run by Bernard Kress, who's really a, a demigod in this area, he's 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 driving this at uh, Foothills West this year, and we're really excited to be part of this uh, half day. Um, it's more like a a. a review. We'll have some of our um, uh, top experts on the display side. There will be uh, uh, some waveguide folks, some MEMS folks, and, and basically some system architects sitting around and uh, doing questions and answers and really discussing how we can accelerate this uh, sort of novel uh, prosumer enterprise type technology into the mainstream and, you know, instead of four years, make it two years, instead of two years, make it next year. So this is what we're really looking forward to. So please go to the, the website have a look at the uh, LASAR and also at Photonics West uh, Bernard Kress has this uh, separate uh, side of uh, Photonics West I think it's called ARMR that he runs and it's a half day session and there will be a uh, um, some some folks from Osram will be sitting uh, literally on the couch, as they say, mm -hmm. and uh, discussing all these types of topics and some really, really good uh, agendas this year. Carl, thank you very much for your time. It was a very cool talk, a uh, very uh, interesting topic. Thank you again for your time and uh, have fun and uh, success in Photonics West. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much for your time also. Uh, we'll catch uh, some of your listeners at Photonics West and looking forward to the future interactions. Thank you. In today's episode, my guest Carly explained to me how AR glasses work and what components are particularly important in their development. Laser diodes from Osram that enable the projections. I'm very excited to try out the first mass market example soon because I personally can very well imagine that this gadget will play a big role in my everyday life. If you want to read more about our AR applications and further innovation stories, visit the website of our innovation magazine on at 
www.ostrom-group.com innovation. Until the next episode and next exciting story with light. See you soon.